Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you weekend fantasy update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. I saw this movie when I was a young kid. My name is Tony Cicada. This is the Weekend Fantasy Update. We used to all dream of Dolly Parton because men or young kids, we have large, we think of women with large breasts. And I don't know. This is a tough way to start the show. You know, we got a little fired up and we got a little excited when you hear Craig Carton, Monday through Fridays, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And he talked about the Yankees and Red Sox playing in London. And I got to tell you, this is the beauty of fantasy sports. This is why fantasy sports is important. This is why gambling on games is important. Because you grew up your whole life with sports, playing baseball, playing football, playing basketball. Your parents were fans of certain teams, and then you followed them. But you know what? How can you be a fan? of any team where they don't give a crap about you, where they abuse your relationship with them. I mean, when you look at it, right, you look at it, the Yankees in Red Sox, you're a season ticket holder, and the first thing you do when your tickets come in the mail is to see when the Yankees and Red Sox play. You know, when you get that package next year, it's going to be two games short of tickets because they took the best game that you have available to and they're going to put it in London. What about caring for your fans? What about supporting the fans that are there every day for 162 games and giving them the best product at their own stadium, right? We have two teams, the Miami Marlins and the Tampa Rays. That can't draw any fans. Why are they not playing in London? Why would you put the Yankees and Red Sox and deprive the passionate fan base of one of the great games that you could witness? And you know what? No. Nah. We're taking it, we're putting it in London. It's the same thing in the NFL. The NFL is a joke. The Jacksonville Jaguars play every year in London. They actually have four t- full-time employees that work in London. And yet, this year, they put the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Super Bowl champions. Philadelphia Eagles in London. If you're a season ticket holder of the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have to be furious. You have to be pissed off. You have to be insane about this. You only you only get eight regular season home games. They make you pay full price for two crappy exhibition games. You have to pay for those. And then you take the Super Bowl champions and put them in London? How are you buying Jaguars t-shirts? How are you buying NFL merchandise and supporting these people when they bend you over and they give it to you hard? How do you how do you do that? Don't you feel like a fool? Or shouldn't you feel like a fool? You're getting taken to you. 
You're getting it taken to you in the worst way. Everybody has to sit back. And this is why, growing up in Boston, I was a huge Red Sox fan. I was a huge Bruins fan. I was a huge Celtics fan. Huge Patriots fan, right? I go to a lot of games. And Boston fans are very passionate about their sports teams. But as I got older, I started rooting for Team Tony. Team Tony's fantasy teams. Team Tony's teams that he's betting on. Teams that sports that put money in my pocket. And I've sort of become a disgruntled sports fan. Now, I will say, I do turn my allegiance back to my teams once the playoff spot. It's crazy. It's crazy. And all you guys watching the NBA playoffs, right? This is another thing. You're watching these NBA playoffs, right? And the games are amazing. Everybody's going at it hard. Everybody's playing hard every night. We got guys being chippy. We guys got wanting to win. Do whatever it takes to get a W. 82 games in the regular season, the NBA, we got guys sitting out. Healthy guys sitting out. If you buy tickets to an NBA regular season game, you're a fool. That product sucks. I watch it. I break it down every night. I do stuff for NBA in play. The regular season product sucks compared to what we're seeing now. We're seeing great basketball at the highest level. Why can't we get that every night? We can't. Because teams are keeping their guys healthy for the playoffs. Everybody's resting. And yet, guess what? You're paying full price for tickets. How is that Something you're fired up about. How is that something you're supporting? Like, do you have that much extra cash that you are going and uh, supporting the NBA because they need uh, they need the cash, and you feel like they're an organization that's a little cash to prove, and so you're going to give them all the money they need? I mean, what the hell are you thinking? The average ticket price for a New York Knicks regular season game, this is 2016, so this is two years ago, $129.38. And you know it's a regular season game because the Knicks ain't in the postseason ever. L.A. Lakers, $103.27. Are you kidding me? And the Chicago Bulls, $82.33. You have three teams that absolutely suck with the highest ticket prizes in National Basketball Association. The Knicks, Lakers, and Bulls. The highest ticket prices. What are you paying for? What are you paying for? And this is why these... Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, they need corporations to buy these tickets. Because the average fan doesn't have 129.38 to watch an inferior product. New York, though, right? The capital of the world. Got a lot of money in New York. Businesses will buy these tickets. And they'll take clients to the game. Well, they won't. It doesn't matter. As long as we get the money. It's a sham. It's a sham. This is why fantasy sports is important. These teams, these leagues, they don't care about you. All they care about is their wallet and themselves. Why are you supporting them? The lowest average ticket price in the National Basketball Association is $30.20. 
and that's the New Orleans Pelicans. I got to give it up for the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are forty eight dollars and twelve cents, which is actually uh, bottom twelve in the league. Uh, the Philadelphia seventy six is thirty eight dollars and forty six cents. So the Cavaliers, even though they have LeBron James. Uh, they're not charging a, a, a huge number as opposed to three teams that can't even get out of the way and make the playoffs, the Knicks, Lakers, and Bulls with the highest ticket prices in the National Basketball Association. It's absolutely insane. It's absolutely crazy. And that's why I can't be a fan. And that's why I love fantasy sports where I sit here, I crunch my numbers, and then I pick the players I want for Team Tony. That's the team that matters, Team Tony. I'm not a Yankees fan. I'm not a Red Sox fan. I'm a Team Tony fan. Now, Pete Contadori is producing this weekend, his final weekend here. Now, Pete's a hockey guy. Now, hockey doesn't seem – these guys play every night, man. These guys play when, like, they should be in the hospital and they're out there playing hockey. It's a little different than every other sport, right? But, Pete – have you noticed that the hockey people are softening? Like, you guys actually do things for the fans, too, though. You have that one outdoor game that everybody gets excited about. Uh, I remember when they, the Bruins played at Fenway Park one time. And, of course, you had a, a Rangers game. I think they played the Islanders at City Fields. And people get excited about those games. So is the NHL more fan-friendly than the other sports you find? You know, Tony, it's interesting. I think they're more fan-friendly because they are trying really, really hard to boost their product. Um, I'm not saying that they would continue to not be fan-friendly, but you're right. They have the Winter Classic, which is the game on New Year's Day every year. They have outdoor games on top of that. Uh, So they definitely have these different events that uh, you can uh, go to. They have, I know, an NHL, uh, I can't remember the name, like a a bus that goes to each venue across the country uh, in a year. You can go and see the Stanley Cup and stuff like that. So I think it's mainly fan-based because they're really trying to push their product and they want to become more famous. Um, I think they'll stay fan-based, but you're right. Uh, Hockey kind of has like these cool things and to bring up your Knicks point you know the Rangers play in the same building the Rangers it ain't cheap to go see even if they're not doing well as well I think it's an owner issue too yeah an owner issue and they they know they got a gift because like I said is that they they go and they get this money from these corporations to buy these seats and all the you know all the good seats are bought by uh, businesses and they're in New York I mean it's the capital of the world so the uh, Rangers and, and Knicks basically got a free pass, uh, and they got to sell out games because they're in New York. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, every time I go to a Ranger game, it, the lower bowl is pretty much empty because you know, oh, that section is where all the business and corporate tickets go to, and they never go, and you usually just see suits down there. You don't see actual fans, and I feel like New York sports have become – uh, at least basketball and hockey and MSG have become more of a let's bring a client to the game, not let's get as many fans, true fans, in there as possible. Yeah, it's a sad, sad situation. They're the fans. We're getting neglected. It's time to rise up, take your tickets, and throw them in the harbor. Do something, man. Stop going to the games. And that'll be the thing. But now it's actually crazy. I talk about this all the time. Major League Baseball, the Marlins, right? We always laugh. We always joke. I just kicked out the chair I'm sitting on. I just kicked out a spindle. So I, if I fall or you hear a loud crash, it's because my chair broke. And um, I don't know. It could go either way here. So here's the situation is the Marlins, right? We always, we always make fun of the Marlins. No one goes to the games. Derek G to this. Derek G to that. The Marlins make money every year. And... They're a positive business. And what happens here is that they hit twofold. One, they get an equal share of the TV revenue, right, of the national TV revenue, and also all these uh, online uh, people watching the game. Like I'll have an account where I can watch it on my computer and I can watch any games. The Marlins are getting that. And they're also getting a kickback from the other teams that go over the luxury uh, tax and they're not they're supposed to spend that on 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 talent but they're not they're taking it and they're putting the money in the pocket and they're putting profits every single year and so there's no emphasis for anyone in major league baseball to be very good cuz they're going to still make money regardless of how it turns out 
with wins and losses and attendance, they're still going to make money. Every team in Major League Baseball is going to make money. And uh, it's, it's a crazy situation. It's a crazy situation. I actually saw an article this week that was, was uh, very good. Is that, let's just say, for the sake of argument, that Major League Baseball players make $1 billion combined. $1 billion. What if there was no contracts and we took this $1 billion and we put it in a pool and you got your share based on what you produced, both as a team in victories and in a World Series and both as an individual player and what kind of numbers you put up? And every single day, you'd be trying to earn more money. And contracts would be out the window. We'll never get there. But it would be absolutely amazing to see the output in these contests now, right? The output for these contests now. And it'd be interesting to see, though, what, what generates revenue is it home runs? Is it runs scored? Is it wins, which are as fluky as can be? How do we pay the middle relievers? Do you pay them on holds? Those are the questions you have to ask. It's the Week in Fantasy Update. My name is Tony Cicada. We come back. I'm going to break down some of the statistics in Major League Baseball. Uh, we're about 30 games into the season. We'll break down some of the statistics and see where your team is, where your players are, and what you got to do to be successful. Stay tuned for more Weekend Fantasy Update. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Weekend Fantasy Update. My name is Tony Cicada. Joe Kalina off doing a family thing. I think his son won some uh, big athlete, uh, academic award, and uh, that's where Joe is today. So congratulations to Joe Kalina's son. Uh, Joe's wife must be pretty intelligent. Um, that's there. Before I get onto the baseball, I'm going to ask a question, and I put it up on Twitter a little earlier today, and you guys can comment. Can a woman be head coach of an NBA team? Can a woman be head coach of an NBA team? Now, this is going to get probably a little uncomfortable for people, right? Because we're in an era where women can do anything a man can do, Right? You've come out of the kitchen. You've come a long way. But can women, one woman, be the head coach of 12 very big, athletically skilled, strong men and lead them to success? Why not? That's a great question. I mean, let me let me put it to you this why? way. Let me put it this way, Tony. Yes. There's some guys out there to put put the word nicely that are babies and won't stand up for themselves and and sometimes the players run the the room anyway. 
So, what, what you know, it's I don't think it's a question of can a woman, you know, lead these athletes who think, you know, women can do it. I, I could see a, a woman head coach. I mean, I see uh, women coaches in hockey, not in NHL, but fine coaches. They coach, you know, women's hockey in the Olympics. Why can't you – if you can coach in the Olympics, why can't you coach in Major League Sports? The Milwaukee Bucks are interviewing San Antonio Spurs assistant head coach uh, Becky Hammond uh, for their vacancy. I think it's a great question. And when I look at the head coaching, and I think it's a little different in every sport, right, in every sport. But I think right now it's basically when you're the head coach – you're managing people, and when you and I and I don't think it has a lot to do with the gameplay. Like I think, basically, you're keeping twelve guys to work in the same direction, and you're going from there. I don't think it's an X's and O's thing at this level per se. If you want to watch an NBA game, here's exactly what happens on every team: you dribble the ball down the court, you have the center or a big man come out and set a pick for the guard. And you either throw after the pick set, you either throw it back to the center or you go and try to shoot a layup. And if you can get to the hole, you might dish it off to the guy standing on the three-point side over a little over the three-point line. Every team, it's the same play. The whole league has become pick and roll. So I don't really think that it's an X's and O's thing. But can a woman... Take a CEO role is the way I look at it, of 12 men. Get them playing in the same direction and go at it. You know, it's interesting to me is that you have guys that hang out together, right? And you're on a plane. And you're having a, some some teams allow drinking on a plane, some don't. I think most cases they do. And you're a couple of guys, and you're having a couple of beers, and you're talking about going on to Detroit, and you got this woman on the side, and you're a married guy. Do you think that changes? That conversation, if you have a woman as the head coach, does it change the dynamic of 12 guys hanging out? And what Are they all of a sudden now concerned about what they talk about? Or is it not an issue because this woman was already an assistant coach and she was already in that situation? Pete, what about that? What about the dynamics of being a team, being in a group? Do you think having a woman head coach would change some of the things off the court? Uh, you know what? It might. Uh, I can't say, obviously, because I haven't been in the situation. But, look, anything can change. I mean, it changes between head coaches that are just men. When you switch coaches, the dynamic changes off the court, depending on how you run your yep. your, your club and how, and how strict you are, how not strict you are, how personable you are, how not personable you are. Some coaches, you know, walk to my, walk to my office at any time. Some coaches don't talk to me unless I talk to you kind of a thing. So, yeah. you know, woman or man, I think the any coaching change can change the dynamic. So it's it's a possibility. I would like to see this. This is not going to happen. I don't believe it's going to happen in this instance. I don't believe she's going to get the Milwaukee Bucks uh, coaching job. Actually, um, someone else, uh, the uh, someone else uh, from the San Antonio Spurs, the same team that she coaches with, um, who actually took over for Greg Popovich, Atua Messina, is also uh, one of the candidates here, and he's actually comes with a. Uh, big international background. I would like to see this opportunity. And we have seen it at the G League and with success. I would like to see this happen. And if I was going to pick one sport where I think it could happen, to me, it would be basketball or baseball. I think when you look at baseball, I don't think there's a lot of in, in-game moves uh, we're seeing more and more times that the players, though, uh, former players or coaches in baseball, um, basketball, you have the opportunity, if you did not play in the NBA, uh, to learn the game and, and get the job in coaching. I'd like to see it. I just don't know how far. And we'll, we will see it. I just don't know how far 
away we are from this point. You can hit me up on Twitter at the Tony Cicada at the Tony Cicada, and let me know if you think a woman could coach, be the head coach of an NBA team. Eighty-six percent say yes right now. Fourteen percent say no. So make sure you vote at the Tony Cicada and let us know what you think about it. Becky Hammond interviewing for the Milwaukee Bucks head coaching job. And I'll tell you what, you would think, like I talk about the Marlins and I talk about the Rays, they can't draw people. And this is not for the right reasons, but as Kurt Warner said, sometimes things happen for not the right reasons. And the most qualified person doesn't get the job. That happens in every aspect in life. Every aspect in life, sometimes who you know is going to get you a lot farther than your skill at a certain job. So I would think teams like the Marlins, the Rays, would be two baseball teams. That would consider this, right? Get them talked about. And let people uh, judge in. And I would think it would draw fans. You look at the, race, the racing, NASCAR, right? Dan F. Kilpatrick didn't win anything. But there were people there at the race to see Danica Patrick. She was, she was the woman driver. Every girl that wanted to ride a race car, Danica Patrick was the was the deal. Now in the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks only filled up seventy six percent of their arena. They averaged fourteen thousand four hundred nine in attendance. Would having a female coach draw? people to an Atlanta Hawks game. And secondly, do you think it's right for an NBA team to give a woman a shot to sell a few tickets? Pete, is uh, is that okay with you? Or do you believe that the woman should only get it on merits? No, I, I think she should get it on merit. I don't think it's right that you try to hire someone for a publicity stunt or to try to get sales. I mean, look at it this way. I, I think women should be able to, if they're qualified and they have the experience and they're, and they're deserving of the job, just like any man that's deserving of the job they should get, same thing as a woman. However, let's say you're right and having a woman coach brings more people in. If the team still sucks... They're going to go, all right, I'm not going anymore. It's 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 kind of like recency bias. Yeah. Like, okay, we want to go see her in action. Great, that's awesome. You should go support her and your team. But if they're going to have a terrible season, then, you know, it's like, what am I going to do? Keep buying tickets just because there's a woman head coach? No, the team is being terrible. So, you know, I, I only think of it – I think it's wrong to, to hire someone trying to get tickets. But even if they did, I don't think it would work. So here's my take on it. I think you're half right. Half right. And here's why I think he, the point you're missing. Let's say Becky Hammond ends up being the coach of the Atlanta Hawks. This becomes bigger than basketball. This is bigger than basketball. So now every time Becky Hammond is in an arena, she's drawing non-basketball fans. She's drawing every proud woman that wants to teach their little daughter you can be anything you want to be in life. And we're going to see the woman coach. We've never seen an NBA game in our lives. It's a great point, Tone. It's a great point. It, yeah, and Becky Hammond now all of a sudden is a leader in the world. And every woman's going to look at this woman. And all of a sudden, and I, I, I don't know, and I talk about this all the time. I don't know what it was like. For the Jackie Robinson situation, right? I watched the movie. It was horrifying to watch. It was horrifying to watch what this guy went through. Right. This wouldn't be one of those situations. This would be a guy, I mean a woman, having an opportunity to be the first woman to be the head coach of a major uh, sports entity. 
but there's no there's no hatred or people aren't gonna uh, throw things through Becky Hammond's house. Right. People aren't gonna light on fire uh, her house or anything like that. But this would be a great move from a publicity standpoint. And can she coach? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you look at what this woman has done and her whole life's been devoted to basketball, yeah, she can coach. There's no doubt about it. And you know what? You're going to have a couple guys possibly on a team that might be dicks about having a woman, a head coach. It might give her a hard time that she doesn't deserve. But you know what? Same thing happens with a men head coach. There's a few dicks on every team. And these guys have to put up with BS. And she's going to have to do the same thing. And she's been around the San Antonio Spurs. She's coached in the D-League. She absolutely should get a shot. I don't think it's going to be with the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know if she's going to be the first to do it. But I think a lot of people are looking at his work, and I think a lot of people will find reasons she shouldn't do it. A lot of people a lot of people look at it like this. You know, it's weird when you look at athletes. Sometimes athletes don't respect don't respect coaches that didn't play in the NBA. Their mentality is so screwed up. How would you know what you're doing? You didn't play in the NBA. And a lot of times, those guys are going to be your best coaches because everything has become so statistic-oriented. And we can look at some of these things and we can come up with ways that work, ways that schemes. And basically, the sabermetrics has also come into the NBA as that we see in Major League Baseball. And being a head coach is all about being the leader of that organization. You don't necessarily have to be the best X's and O's. You have. It's crazy. On an NBA team, you got 12 players for a game, and you have like seven coaches. You almost got a coach for every damn player. I, I never figured that out. I don't understand why you need more than two assistant coaches in the NBA. It is crazy. It is crazy. But look at an NBA bench. Look at all those guys in suits. There are as many guys in suits as there are players. In the NBA, you absolutely watch this. It's the same for every team. You have the first row where you have three or four coaches and you have the team. Then there's another row behind that of some assistant coaches, the ball boys, the equipment manager, and the team doctor. Like, there's classes of coaches in the NBA. Like, your whole goal is when you're a second-row coach, you want to move up to the first row. I don't know why they have so many coaches. It, it boggles my mind. So it wouldn't be like a woman would be the only coach on this team. She's going, she's going to have six assistant coaches. And uh, I'd like to see it. I think it would be a great opportunity. And you know what? All you guys, and I started out the show, all you guys out there and all you guys running leagues, you want to put a game in London between the Yankees and Red Sox to try to grow your game internationally? You want to grow your game? Put a woman as head coach. And like I said, all of a sudden now, you get people showing up to your games that aren't fans of the NBA. They're fans of people that succeed. They're fans of people being role models. They're going to show up in the games. They're going to learn about the NBA. And it's going to be way, way more effective to growing out your game than putting games in other countries. And I think it's something that should happen in the next 10 years. And you have a woman right now that's in a position to get that opportunity and to get a shot at becoming the first head coach in the NBA. We'll see how it plays out. I don't think she's in serious consideration. They are interviewing 10 people for this job with the Milwaukee Bucks.
But getting that interview, doing well in that interview, is the key to getting another shot. And next time a team comes calling. And heck, you know, this isn't talked about. Greg Popovich has been around a while. Greg Popovich lost his life, lost his wife. Maybe he moves on. It gets to the point, what else is left for Greg Popovich to do? Could she step in? She's already there. Be the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. You listen to the Weekend Fantasy Sports Update. My name is Tony Cicada. We come back. We'll get to Major League Baseball statistics. We'll break some of them down. Stay tuned for more on the Weekend Fantasy Sports Update. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Welcome back to the Weekend Fantasy Update. My name is Tony Sincata. My poor guys, Cam Stewart, Gabe Morency, Red Heat and Rage. Game time decisions. Check that out. 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Those guys know a lot of stuff, but they don't know. uh, They shouldn't have bought a horse. It's killing them financially they're not rich men but they had a dream and their dream was to own a horse and get it done and it didn't work out hey uh pete i uh i came in fifth place in a hockey tournament last night really yeah and i had martin jones as my goalie and i uh, still uh was able to get it done that's that's pretty good i mean martin jones had a pretty good game uh despite the loss but vegas golden knights have been on a tear so martin martin jones have has had an incredible postseason so i highly recommend looking at him if you're looking for a, a cheaper goalie in the playoffs because you know you have the pecorines the connor hellebucks the mark andre Fleury's of the world matt murray's you know, Martin is kind of like the low-end goalie, if you will, for the playoffs when you compare him to all the other goalies uh, in the postseason. But good job, Tone. I'm very proud. Here was my team last night. Patrice Bergeron, 10.5 points. <clears throat> Logan Couture, 6.5 fantasy points. Jamie DeBras, 2.5. Uh, Nick I. Kucherov, who's uh, been absolutely on fire, 5.5 fantasy yeah. points. Rick Nash, 2.5. Dan Girardi, 5.5. Tony Krug, who took a big hit, five yeah, Krug, points. Yeah. I don't know if he's a uh, – is he all right? He was uh, spotted in, I think, crutches and a walking boot. He's going to be reevaluated, oh. I think, later in the week. Uh, or excuse me, earlier in the week because we are later in the week. So, Yeah. And then Yanni Gord uh, was my uh, last guy there, 41 points last night. It was a good night in uh, fantasy, fantasy hockey. You got to like getting fired up with a little fantasy hockey. I'll tell you what, people. If you're not a big hockey fan, check out the playoffs and then see if you become a hockey fan because uh, as much as I killed the NBA uh, for ratcheting up and playing really good in the uh, in the postseason, the uh, NHL playoffs also very, very exciting. Absolutely. It's, it's a totally different game. A totally different game. It's almost like they take the 82-game regular season as an endurance run to try to get as many wins as they can to get to the playoffs, and the playoffs is every single game skating – faster, harder, shooting harder, hitting harder. It's just a totally different dynamic. So if you are new to hockey, like Tony said, check out a playoff game to really see how the sport is. All right. Now, one of the stats um, that we use in Major League Baseball, and when we put our daily fantasy lineup uh, together, is weighted runs created plus. So weighted runs created is an improved version of Bill James' runs created statistic, which is attempted to quantify a player's total offensive value and measure it by runs. So we use this 
a lot of times when we evaluate players. And one of the things when we evaluate teams right now, the number one offense in baseball is the Atlanta Braves. Number one offense in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. They say, Tony, the question is, can they keep it up? You look at it, and you have the leaders on this team. Uh, John Camaggio, he's only at 30. Played appearances, of course. Uh, not a name to be, uh, or you're going to write home about, and is not going to be a guy that uh, you're looking to get excited about. So don't worry about it. But he's a guy that put up 30, some odd bats, a decent, decent start. Ronald Acuna, the guy everybody loved, right up there, fulfilling all the expectations that people had. Then Freddie Freeman and Nick Markakis have the exact same weighted runs created. Freddie Freeman and Nick Markakis. Now, if you listen to any show, they're going to glow about Freddie Freeman. But how good is Nick Markakis actually playing? And one thing that's amazing about these Braves offense is they are taking a lot of pitches because... They are walking a ton. Listen to these walk rates from the Braves hitters. Camaggio is, a, is only 30 at-bats, right? But 26% walk rate. I mean, six, sorry, 16% walk rate. Freddie Freeman, 15% walk rate. Nick Markakis, 14% walk rate. Ryan Flaherty, 13% walk rate. Lane Adams, 19%. These guys are seeing a lot of pitches in the Atlanta Braves offense, the number one in Major League Baseball. Ozzy Albies. People loved him. I only got him on one team. He went a little later in one draft. And Ozzy Albies on the season hitting 281 with 19% strikeout rate, 4.8 percent walk rate he's not one of the guys uh, that is absolutely getting the opportunity to see a lot of pitches he's the one that's the free swinger and he's the one i think you're going to have ebbs and flows and have his average go up and down throughout the season donsby swanson this was a guy that was going to be one of the braves big prospects right he was the guy Dunsby Swanson. He's been anything but great. We're looking at a guy that's striking out 26% of the time, hitting 140. And I got to be honest, guy was the first pick in the draft. So you'd hate to say, I don't think this guy's going to be a player because... There are people that get paid an awful lot of money to make these decisions. And guess what? It's not looking good at all right now. Not looking good at all. So it's interesting. When you look at his prospect report, hitting 50 out of 55 points coming in, his career, game power, 40 out of 45. Raw power, 50 out of 50. Speed, 60 out of 60. Fielding, 55 out of 60. Throws, 60 out of 60. Future value, 65. And it's funny because he has a lot of speed, but he's never stole 10 bases. So what is going on with Donsby Swanson? I think if you're going to... Um, Dynasty League, for me, it's still a player that I am willing to acquire on the cheap. And why I say it that way is that, you know what? He's 24. Every once in a while, it takes these guys a while to get it. I look at a guy's drafted this early, and the first two guys that come to my mind is Nelson Cruz and Justin Smoke, right? Guys that were drafted early that didn't get it till later in their careers. And 
Justin spoke much later than most. Now, you don't want to wait 10 years in a dynasty league because probably two of the people in your league will die before then, and then you won't be able to uh, finish the dynasty league ever anyway. So unless you have um, – unless they can uh, – I don't know if they put that team in their will and maybe someone takes it over. You think about that. If you're in a dynasty league, right, and it's a good league, and you have friends that are in fantasy sports as well, that's pretty cool if you willed your team over to someone. Put in your will, and like all these people are there. Oh, he left me $5,000. Oh, he left me his John Havlicek watch. Oh, he left me his Bobby Orr skates. He left me his fantasy baseball dynasty league team. That could get interesting. That would probably be one of the least things that I would ever expect to happen if I went to a will reading. Uh, Mr. Sincata, I need you to come to the will reading. Johnny Hughes has died. Who the hell is Johnny Hughes? Why does he want me as a will? What am I going to get? And then all of a sudden you're going to get a dynasty fantasy baseball team? Does that make you happy or sad? Would you rather have the tin can of popcorn? With the caramel flavor and the Parmesan cheese. Or that fantasy baseball team. I've never been to a will reading. Like nobody's ever left me anything. If any of you listeners out there appreciated all these years I've done this for. And like to leave something in your will for me. I would appreciate that. And I'd show up. Pete, have you ever got anything in a will before? No, I haven't actually. Yeah. Like, do these things exist, or is this just stuff on TV? No, it, it exists. I, I know it exists. It's it's a legal thing. Uh, I just, I've never participated. Me either. Do you know anyone that's got left, like, anything big in a will? No, I haven't heard any stories. Yeah. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I don't know. But the Dynasty baseball team, that would be a good touch, right? If you, Like, if you had a family member... And that really loved fantasy sports and you were uh, in the league, that would be kind of cool. Like, uh, it would be shocking to me. Yeah, it, it's kind of like continuing the legacy of the of the loved one you lost through the fantasy yeah. team a little bit, if you think about it. I mean, obviously, um, it's, fan, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fantasy game. You know, it's a fantasy uh, football or baseball team. It's not anything monetary, but I think, it's, I think it's nice. You get to continue on the loved one's team, keep the same name, the same players, and his, and his, fa- his or her fantasy team can live on uh, even though they had passed. I like that. So people think about that. Uh, you got a guy that enjoys fantasy sports as much as you do. You can will him a dynasty team. That would be cool. Cardano kills me because I got a dog, Floyd, who's dead. And we cremated the dog. And we got the ashes somewhere in the house, but I have no idea where they are. Like, the kids know where it is, but I have no idea. I wasn't a big fan of the dog. But I probably should find him. I mean, I'd hate to tip it over. Or, you know, it's crazy. If you don't put the ashes in the right type of... um, environment like if it's not in an urn and you put it in a coffee cup imagine if you put that in your coffee like you filled up your coffee maker with your dog that could happen i wonder how my dog tastes that would seem weird that's a weird snake when that just came out of my mouth as soon as it got out of my mouth i wonder how my dog tastes it didn't seem right Seems weird. That's something you probably don't want to say. Um, so I probably should find out where this urn is and make sure, you know, nothing crazy's happened to this urn. And uh, the ashes are back here. I don't know what we do with the ashes. We just leave them in the urn, which we don't even know where it is. That is the craziest thing there. I don't know. Pete, you ever cremate any of your pets? No, I haven't cremated any of my pets, Tom. If you did, would you know where they were? Yeah, I would I would make sure I knew where I put the, the ashes or the remains of my pet, yeah. 
That's that's good. I gotta figure this out. Number two hitting team in baseball, of course, no surprise to anyone, is the New York Yankees. And you look at this Yankees office, weighted runs created plus of 113, uh, four points behind the Atlanta Braves. And they've got all the names. they got all the stars that everybody loves. And the top two guys is Didi DeGorius with a weighted run, uh, runs created plus of 180, and then Aaron Judge at 170. And um, interesting at number three is a guy that you wouldn't equate to offense whatsoever is Ronald Torres. Now, Torres has only 45 plate appearances, but weighted runs created plus of 140. Tyler Austin also up there, as is Gliba Torres with 120 and 116, respectively there. Gary Sanchez down at 111. Gary Sanchez. And um, he looks good, though. He's going to be all right. He's not very good defensively. Uh, and that's still a problem there. Still a problem. Uh, Gene Collins Stanton studying. He's a little, um, you know, he hasn't hit midseason form yet. And I give Stanton a lot of credit, though. He doesn't look like it's getting him down. It doesn't look like it at all. I think that Gene Collins Stanton is looking like he enjoys winning. And I guess you could say if you make $300 million, that will cure a lot of your ills. But he's not letting the pressure of not performing well in New York get to him. Because at the end of the day, the Yankees are winning games. And that's what it's all about. It should be a little more urgency on Mr. Stanton to put it together. But it'll come. It'll happen. And it'll hit 20 home runs in a month. And we'll all forget about the struggles of Gene Carlos Stanton to start the season. Uh, so you can you can definitely put that one down on your little piece of paper. Uh, other guys that are getting it done for the New York Yankees. Uh, Brandon Drury, of course, banged up, but 100 weighted runs created. Thus far, we have Aaron Hicks at 103. Of course, he is banged up, only 83 at-bats. Gene Carl Stanton was at a 111 with those 145 at-bats. And Gary Sanchez ahead of him at 113. Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez striking out 25% of the time. And you know, what's so crazy is that we used to get more alarmed with the strikeout numbers, but nowadays in baseball, it's just become socially acceptable to strike out in K. When we come back, hour number two, we'll go down the rest of the list of top offenses of baseball. So you heard Braves one, Yankees two. I think you'll be surprised. A little surprised at team number three. It's not a team you expect to go to playoffs. It's not a team with a lot of fanfare. And I think you're going to be shocked at team three and team five. And so you don't go anywhere. You come right back here in the weekend fantasy update. We'll break it down. Team three and team five. Who are the top five offenses in Major League Baseball? We've got them covered right here on the Weekend Fantasy Update. My name is Tony Sicata. You can check us out every Monday through Friday in the morning on Talking Trash, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern, myself and Mike Cardano. And, of course, the Weekend Fantasy Update. Usually have Joe Galena uh, by my side. But Joe Galena, son, won an academic award uh, because the apple don't fall far from the tree. And uh, Galeners are getting it done. So congratulations to the Galena family as they uh, are picking them up and putting them down in scholastic endeavors. Coming up next, our number two of the Week in Fantasy Update. Don't go anywhere.